0: This is the SFF Audio Podcast. I'm Scott.
1: I'm Jesse. I'm Tamahome. I'm Matt from Beware the Hairy Mango.
2: And I'm Jenny from Reading Envy.
3: All right. Is that a blog? It's a blog. Hey, I didn't know you had a blog. I do. Mm -hmm. I'm checking it out. I'm envious. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I
2: always am, but other people are reading. That's why I called it that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, good. Well, welcome, everybody. Should I hey. dive right into this pile I've got?
3: Please do. Okay. The well, new releases well, and arrivals, right?
0: Yeah. Yep. You bet. All right. The first one I have here is from Penguin Audio. It's uh, by Lev Grossman, the winner of this year's Campbell Award, called The Magician King. Read by Mark Bramhall. Um, I'll read a little bit of the description. This is a sequel to The Magicians. Um, Quentin Coldwater should be happy. He escaped a miserable Brooklyn childhood for Break Hills, a secret, exclusive college for magic in upstate New York. When he graduated, he discovered that Fillory, a magical utopia described in a series of children's fantasy novels he never quite outgrew, was real. Fillory was more than a dangerous place at Quentin Ooh, sorry. Fillory was a far more dangerous place than Quentin could have imagined, and he faced unspeakable tragedies there. But now Quentin and his friends have become the kings and queens of Fillory. Oops, spoiler. And under their reign, Fillory is a peaceful kingdom. But Quentin is restless. He hasn't escaped the scars of the past, and the peace and luxury of his life in Fillory will prove more fragile than anyone expects. I'll stop there. So these are pretty popular books. These two, mm-hmm. um, well, obviously, like gritty, he won the he won the Campbell Award. So some people are reading them, huh? It's
4: like a gritty Harry Potter.
2: Yeah,
0: that's, that's what, what I've heard. heard. Has anybody read these?
2: I read the first one. How did you like it? I didn't really like it very much. I, oh yeah, but I'm gonna try. I, I'm gonna give the second one a try. You okay. know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: Just because of all Button the things, for you
0: know, So is the <laughs> know. is the description gritty Harry Potter accurate?
2: I didn't really think very gritty. It uh-huh. kind of felt like a mimicking book to me, but, you know, I'm a Harry Potter fan, so it's yeah. hard to say.
4: Okay. You're offended by the, I don't know, adult take well, on Harry was, Potter.
2: Yeah, it was also the pacing of it. it. They seemed to really cram a lot into the first book. Um, mm-hmm. Like the first half went slow and the second half, all of a sudden you're in this magical world. and ah. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of interested to see what happens in the second one.
3: Okay. I like this review on uh, Amazon. The, the, the title says, The characters don't love, fight, or hate. I was thinking, well, I guess they could do something else. Polish their nails. <laughs> what else can they do? To, <laughs> it's a to postmodern Harry Potter. <laughs> they can feel angst.
5: <laughs> right. the, the author
4: used to review books on Time Magazine, and then he had to leave that position once he became a writer.
3: Yeah, I think, Scott, you were talking about Lev Grossman before, weren't you?
0: Um, I don't think so. I don't, I don't. I don't know too much about him.
3: I don't know either.
0: Hmm. Okay. Okay.
3: Well, we got one one person who's going to review it for us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, um, Jim Butcher's latest, read by John Glover. This one's called Ghost Story, a novel of the Dresden Files. Um, let's see. Uh, in his life, Harry's been shot, stabbed, sliced, beaten, burned, crushed, and tortured. And after someone puts a bullet through his chest and leaves him to die in the waters of Lake Michigan, things really start going downhill. (laughs) But even trapped in the realm between life and death, Harry can't catch a break. He learns that three of his friends are destined to experience unbearable torment and agony. Only by bringing his murderer to justice can he save his friends and move on to what comes next. A feat that would be a lot easier if he had a body and access to his powers. Instead, Harry must work as a ghost unable to interact with the physical world, invisible and inaudible to almost everyone. Uh,
3: I, I don't know. It sounds like it, it, this could be a really good story or it could be like the point at which this series jumps the shark.
0: <laughs> well, um, my, my wife listened to it and she loved it. She really? thought it was excellent. Okay. Yeah. Um, Did it bother gonna... that
2: it wasn't James Marsters anymore?
0: Yeah, it's Isn't not. It's John, John Glover. Yeah. He's a good narrator. He is a good narrator. But yeah, it's interesting that they they went away See from See that Russia. actor
4: from Back to the Future? Is that John Glover? Um,
0: he says it says here um he was Lionel Luther on Smallville. He's been oh. in numerous films, Payback, Batman and Robin, Julia and He usually and Annie plays Hall.
1: bad guys. Yeah. I've got a friend at work who read that one uh ghost story and he he's a huge fan of the series. He feels that this one is like a link between the last book and the next book. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's not not so much a killer in itself, but it's like necessary. Uh-huh.
0: Huh. Gotcha. Gotcha. And how how many books is this now? Isn't it, you know, getting up to about 10 13. or something? 13. That's the number wow. 13.
3: 13,000.
0: 13,000.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's number 13. 1 million books.
4: <laughs>
3: All right. I, I listened to the first book. Yeah? I, I liked it. Cool. I saw yeah, part so of the TV, narrator. Like, uh, the TV show. Is that still going? The TV show?
1: No. Canceled? Yeah. No, I,
3: that was not a long time ago. Yeah, I saw one of those, and I thought it was uh, okay, I guess. <laughs> well, I hear it's a lot
1: different, obviously. You, know. yeah, yeah. You, you should almost expect that.
3: Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. Well, here's, here's a, a different one. It's called Southern Gods by John Horner Jacobs, performed by Eric G. Dove. It's from uh, Brilliance Audio. It's uh, described as a bit of H.P. Lovecraft, a touch of William Hortzberg. Southern Gods is an effective combination of cosmic horror and Southern Gothic traditions. John Horner Jacobs will turn heads with this debut. That's a quote from Laird Barron, a Shirley Jackson Award-winning author of Occultation. <laughs> All right. Laird so quick,
3: Baron? That's got to be yeah, a Laird pseudonym. Baron. <laughs> Come on. All right. He's not only is he a Baron, he's also a Scottish Laird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is a debut novel. Um, quick description A Memphis DJ hires recent World War II veteran Bull Ingram to find Ramblin' John Haster, a mysterious blues man whose dark driving music broadcast at ever-shifting frequencies by a phantom radio station, is said to make living men insane and dead men rise. A bootlegged snippet of Haster's strange, brooding tune fills Bull with an inexplicably murderous rage. Driven to find the song's mysterious singer, Bull hears rumors that the bluesman sold his soul to the devil. But as Bull follows Haster's trail into the eerie backwoods of Arkansas, he'll learn that there are forces much more malevolent than the devil and reckonings more painful than hell. That's the description. <laughs> yeah. Sounds kind of cool.
4: Well, well, the movie star, Ralph Macchio? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
5: that's right. Remember
4: the movie where he, went, he was learning the blues and he had yeah. to fight the devil? That's it's a good right. Movie.
5: Yeah.
0: I don't remember the name of that movie, but yeah, I remember Crossroads. the movie. Crossroads, that's it. That is it.
3: I think that was his uh, trying to break out of the Karate Kid mold. <laughs> and yeah. Steve Vai was the devil's guitar player.
0: He's a <laughs> yet You got a it. Good guitar player. It. Cool. All
3: right. It's from uh, original publication <clears throat> is Nightshade Books. Did you say that was brilliance? Yep. Okay.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. So uh, Nightshade is is I I don't, I don't I've not seen them up in the stores here very much. I I know uh, I think wasn't um, no. I was thinking that John Joseph Adams that was his publisher, but I don't think it is. Is it?
1: Who's that? Oh, no. Are uh, you talking about Nightshade now? Yeah. Yeah, they've I, done a couple of John Joseph Adams
5: Have books. they? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and maybe Brilliance, I've seen one or two Brilliance up has
0: done um, one or two of the audio versions of those. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, one, one that I can think of is the Sherlock Holmes collection was on audio, and that was from Brilliance.
3: I still want to get that. Have you got that hanging around? I don't. There?
0: I did. That never came in, did it? Did it? I maybe it did. I guess
3: not. Maybe. I don't know.
0: Maybe it did come in. I don't recall. I don't remember.
3: <laughs> I, I remember talking about it and wanting it. Uh-huh. Oh, well.
0: And it's not up there with you?
3: I don't think so. I'll, look, I'll, around I'll again, look for but it. I don't think so.
0: Okay. All right, moving on. So no, t- no
3: takers on Southern Gods?
0: Um, I've already got a taker. Julie is interested.
3: Oh, oh great. Yeah. Cool. She'll, she's uh taken a lot from us lately.
0: Yeah. It's been fun. I like that. Okay. Um, we should have her on the
3: podcast <laughs> <laughs> We will, don't you worry
0: <laughs> Alright, here's here's one uh, This is called We're Alive, A Story of Survival The first season It's a modern radio drama um, Blackstone Audio published this So uh, Jesse, you were telling me that this was a podcast Yeah um, um,
3: Pretty quick- impressive that a podcast uh, audio drama series got picked up and Yeah, and uh, turned into an audiobook.
0: Okay, so here's a quick description. For Army Reserve Soldier Michael Cross, the world as he knows it ends in an instant. One minute he's in college, the next rioters are roaming the highway around him, breaking into cars and literally tearing people apart. This is the day the dead walk. This is the world of We're Alive. We're Alive Season 1 features 12 chapters, packing performances and sound effects that rival movies, and prove that modern audio drama is undead, and well <laughs> <clears throat> yep and there it is <laughs> so well. yeah but it, so it's interesting yeah i don't think i've seen this before so this is 12, 12 chapters of audio drama published by blackstone audio that's something else written yeah, by kc wayland so written not, by kc wayland what's that it's wow. uh
3: it's it's long right so i mean um, I, I, I each think episode
0: get... is a cd there's 12 cds in here so
3: right um, it's it's a long it's a long format. So basically, what you're looking at here is like the audio equivalent of of The Walking Dead. You know, mm. I think that's probably uh, you know really. Lo- There's so many zombie stories out right now, like comics and and TV shows and movies and and stuff. I think that they were right, perfectly positioned. I mean, it's a good podcast. I've heard it, and uh, it delivers exactly the same sort of thing as the walking dead. It's hmm. people in danger and and zombies.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh sort of post apocalyptic I guess as well cuz I guess they they're all like that, right? Yeah. So it's just exactly what was on the podcast? Uh I actually well I haven't heard it yet, but I would okay. assume that it's exactly the same thing, probably slightly higher sound quality. Um no compression. Would be my okay. guess.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: But yeah, I, I I'm I'm kind of curious to to see what it if it can transition because there are, I don't think it's been done before that there's been an audio drama that went from audio drama to to audiobook or you know publisher like hmm. that before. I assume you can't Podcast. get it online anymore. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can find out. Maybe I guess it wouldn't make search. sense. <laughs> yep, we're alive. The right. story <laughs> of survival. There it is. Oh. Yeah, I, I I know there's well, a big fan base for it. Um. Uh huh. Okay. So, it says listen. Yes, and I'm clicking, and yep, it's still available. Looks oh, like okay.
0: Cool. It's
3: cool. Yeah. All right.
4: Either way.
0: <laughs> All right. Next up, Terry Goodkind has a new novel called The Omen Machine. I assume it's new. Sometimes they do a backlist. Does anybody know if that's new? I'm looking on the back yeah, that's here. new. Okay. It's new. Okay, it's called The Omen Machine, a Richard and Kalen novel, uh, petro- performed by Sam uh, Susuvas. And here's a quick description. Uh, Hannes Eyre, working on the tapestry of lines linking constellations of elements that constituted the language of creation, recorded on the ancient Cerulean scroll, spread out among the clutter on his desk... Was not surprised to see the ethereal forms billow into the room like acrid smoke driven on the breath of a bitter breeze. That's all one sentence. (laughs) like an otherworldly collection of spectral shapes seemingly carried on random eddies of air they wandered in a loose clutch among the still and silent mounted bears and beasts rising up on their stands the small forest of stone pedestals holding massive books of recorded prophecy and the evenly spaced display cases of oddities (laughs) their glass reflecting the firelight from the massive hearth at the side of the room that was another sentence. <laughs> this is quote,
3: quotes from the no, book. No, I don't though, think too. it's. Is it really? Yeah, well, it says quotation marks around it on, on the. But
0: yeah, there are quotation marks around it. Wow.
3: Take a breath, Scott.
0: <gasps> okay. <laughs> Since the seven rarely used doors, the shutters on the windows down on the ground level several stories below stood open in a fearless show of invitation. Though they frequently chose to use windows, they didn't actually need the windows any more than they needed the doors. They could seep through any opening, any crack, like vapor rising in the early morning from stretches of stagnant water that lay in the dark swaths through the pear barrens. <laughs> the open shutters were meant to be a declaration for all, including the seven, to see that Han- Hannes Air, or Hannes Ark, or Hannes Air, Hannes Ark, feared Arc. nothing. Yeah, it looked like an E to me. Okay, sorry, uh, Mr. Goodkind, if I butchered that, but. Uh, that's what's on the back. I
3: don't know how that could appeal to anyone who hasn't read something else in the series, because I don't understand what's going on.
0: Is this a series? I mean, it says it's a, a Richard and Kaylin novel, but is this the first one? I haven't heard of that before.
3: It, it's
2: listed in Goodreads as number 12 for The Sword of Truth.
0: Oh. Uh-huh. Okay. So, yeah, number 12. I haven't is. read any
3: of those. <laughs>
0: yeah, neither have I. Okay.
3: Well,
1: uh, I guess he went He went with... I'm sorry. Yeah, go for it. I was just going to say. I guess he went for like straight uh, classic fantasy for like the first ten books, and then the last two have been in the modern world, but they've incorporated stuff from the fantasy world. This is what I hear. I haven't read them myself, mm-hmm. so it's urban now, urban fantasy. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Uh,
3: what's What's on the? Is the cover of that just like a person in shadow? Yep. Yeah. Oh, pretty terrible cover. It looks like to me. <laughs> Uh, southern gods look great.
5: Yeah, like really. Yeah, that's a nice colors. cover.
3: And and the omen machine looks like hey, five minutes in the Photoshop. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, All right. Maybe the
4: inside is good. <laughs>
3: <laughs> the pictures on the inside.
5: Yeah. All right. right. <laughs> well,
3: the, the language seems like Dickensian. I don't remember. I, I must have read Terry Goodkind a long time ago, and I don't remember it being sort of, you know. Giant sentences like that. Or maybe it's uh, Bueller Lytton, you know, the uh, it was a dark and stormy night, the rain came in torrents, blah, 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 blah. Is that what's going on? Has um, anybody read a Terry Goodkind? No.
0: No, I, I, I sure know I haven't. Sorry.
3: Oh. I was going to say, I know there's
4: manga versions of some Terry Goodkind books. Maybe I'll check one of those out. Not <coughs> mango,
3: manga. <laughs> manga. Manga. I got, it.
0: Comic
5: <laughs> mango I got a comic book. Mango Mango
0: version would be five minutes long. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so
3: so just you only
1: get one sentence is what you
0: said. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it. I
1: feel bad for whoever's uh doing the narration on those. Some if all the sentences, sentences well. are like that. Uh yeah. yeah, it looks difficult.
0: Take you a couple takes to get that right. I'll expand your lung capacity. <laughs>
3: How many CDs is that?
0: It is. Um it's fifteen hours long, thirteen CDs.
3: Somebody was saying it was the no good, uh, not Goodreads on uh, Amazon. It's saying it's not long enough. It's not uh, long enough. Yeah. Well,
0: okay. he's got some hardcore. It
1: felt like a short story. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He he writes those brick-sized novels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I
3: think, well, uh, the last one we got in was the Law of Nines. Is that in the same series? Yeah. Okay,
1: that's that's another contemporary one that has some fantasy elements.
3: All right, interesting. Well, I guess that's one way to uh, to get your publisher to um, to do what you want. You know, say, no, you, I, I, you have to keep writing this series. I say that's fine, but I'm changing everything.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's no longer uh, old time fantasy. Now it's modern urban. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe that's the way to do it.
0: Alright, next book Scott Alright, the next book, uh, shifting gears just a little bit Out of the science fiction genre To this was uh, This came to us kind of in the Noir category It's wow. called The Keeper of Lost Causes Read by Eric Davies By Juicy Adler Olsen Juicy is J-U-S-S-I um, This looks like a Well, I know it is uh, uh, Adler Olsen is Denmark's Number one crime writer his books routinely top the bestseller list in Northern Europe, it says. Um,
3: I was just looking at this book in the bookstore the other day. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and I was saying to my mom, she's read all this, this, uh, you know, what's that? That uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo series? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. the
2: Stig Larsson. Yeah.
3: yeah, and this is, uh, the cover art on it is like, they use the same font. They've used the same, <laughs> same two-color, two-tone background, right? They're trying to make a genre of, of Scandinavian
1: thriller, I
5: think. <laughs> just mean, there's yeah. also
2: what, Henning Mankell. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, that sounds He's right. from up there too, I think.
1: Huh? Yeah, yeah. And Joe Nesbo.
2: Yeah.
0: How about that? Yeah, it's like and a, a subgenre. Of, yeah.
2: I like the Stig Larson ones a lot. I mm. read all three of those. Cool. But that doesn't, those aren't science fiction, right?
3: Right. Uh, they're
2: right. just crime.
3: The, yeah, just but just uh, on the list. my mom says that uh, in the. Her review of the book by Stig Larsson's wife. He was a big science fiction fan. Uh, so Stieg that's Larson. The tie, yeah. so we can <laughs> <talk> I guess <laughs> about it. no, but we all, we also we also cover mystery and crime and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's it's cool.
0: All right. Okay. It covers most everything. Let's see what else we got here. How about some straight science fiction here? I'll take that from Paul Anderson. Hey. Read by Tom Wiener. This is from uh, Blackstone. It's called Genesis. Um, artificial intelligence has been developed to a point where human intelligence can be uploaded into a computer, achieving a sort of hybrid immortality. Astronaut Christian Brannock welcomes this technology, technology that will make it possible for him to achieve his dream and explore the stars. A billion years later, Brannock is dispatched to Earth to check on some strange anomalies. While there, he meets Lorinda Ashcroft, another hybrid upload. Brannock and Ashcroft join forces and investigate... Gaya, Gia, G, Gaia, G-A-I-A, Gaia, right. The supermind dominating the planet and learn the truth of her terrifying secret plans for Earth.
3: First so, published in 2000.
0: Yeah, how about that? This is, must have been one of his last works then.
3: I think uh, that's true.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: It died 2001, so. Yeah. So I guess that's a singularity genre.
0: Would <laughs> Would you call it that?
4: I guess I went when you're uploading mines. Mm-hmm. It says singularity to me. Yeah,
0: it's uh, about uh, yeah, seven maybe. hours long, so it's not not a huge book.
3: Yeah, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. I like that length. You bet. Um, the cover on uh, the hardcover has got a uh, hominid of some kind. Oh wait, no, it's an alien because he's got weird hands and uh, <laughs> some people.
0: <laughs> What's
3: on the cover of that one?
0: Um, Two people overlooking um, what looks like maybe the ruins of a city with the moon rising. Okay. Very nice art.
3: Yeah, I, I'm really pleased with most of the Blackstone art lately. It's really, it's often better than the paper books.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. All right, now I've got a couple of books from Jonathan Mayberry. M-A-B-E-R-R-Y. Um, I'll start with this one here This one's read by Ray Porter It's called uh, Joe Ledger, The Missing Files It's got a picture of a gun on the front Oh, it's five short stories It's a collection of five short stories Jonathan Mayberry fills in the blanks In his action thriller Joe Ledger novels So it's got five stories in it Uh, In Countdown The prequel to Patient Zero Meet Joe Ledger, Baltimore PD Attached to Homeland Security Task Force who's about to get a serious promotion. Uh, The story Zero Tolerance picks up a few weeks after the close of Patient Zero. Fans of the series will finally get closure on a few loose ends. In Deep Dark, the prequel to The Dragon Factory, Joe Ledger must battle another foe experimenting with human test subjects. Material Witness takes Joe Ledger into the mysterious troubled town of Pine Deep, Pennsylvania, the setting for Mayberry's Chilling Pine Deep trilogy. And lastly, in Dog Days, the sequel to The Dragon Factory, Joe Ledger and his new canine partner go hunting for the world's deadliest assassin. So, uh, he
3: wrote the, the novelization for the Wolfman movie. Do you remember that? Uh, I remember recent, the
0: Wolfman uh, movie, but...
3: Yeah, like it was... I uh, a the trailer. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Benicio Del Toro played the white man. Now, um,
0: Patient Zero, I remember the, the cover of that one had this zombie-looking thing on the front. So uh, has anybody read any, any of these? It, it, even no? this book has There's some zo- zombie photograph. It's like a collection of photographs on the front with a gun. But it, yeah. uh, there's a zombie in one of those pictures.
3: So it, it, the plot for Patient Zero, I haven't read it, but Wikipedia is helpful, it says that it's uh, Department of <laughs> Military Sciences has to fight terrorists and flesh-eating zombies creating, uh, created by a pathogen. Hmm. And then um, it's like evil corporations and uh, terrorism. And, and so, yeah, hmm. it's kind of a mix of genres, I guess.
0: Okay. All right. And the second one doesn't look like it's connected in, with that in any way. Um, this one's called Ghost Road Blues, also by Jonathan Mayberry. Oh, it's a, this is the Pine Deep Trilogy, book number one, which is mentioned in that other one. The cozy town of Pine Deep buried the horrors of its past long ago. Thirty years have gone by since the darkness descended and the black harvest began when a serial killer sheared a bloody swath through the quiet Pennsylvania village. The evil that coursed through Pine Deep has been replaced by cheerful tourists getting ready to enjoy the country's largest Halloween celebration in what is now called the most haunted town in America. But then a month before Halloween it begins. Unspeakably desecrated bodies, inexplicable insanity, and an ancient evil walking the streets, drawing in those who would fall to their own demons and seeking to shred the very soul of this rapidly fracturing community. Yes, the residents of Pine Deep have drawn together and faced a killer before, but this time evil has many faces, and the lust will ride or the lust will the lust and will to rule the earth. There you go. Um,
3: Something for October.
0: Something for October, yep.
2: Yeah, it looks like it won the Bram Stoker Award back when it came out in 2006. Oh, good. So people seem to like it.
0: That's cool. (laughs) Well, the the Publisher's Publishers Weekly has a blurb on the front. It says, Mayberry supplies plenty of chills, both earthbound and otherworldly, in this atmospheric horror novel. This is horror on a grand scale, reminiscent of Stephen King's heftier works.
5: Blackstone has an
3: interview with him uh, that I think I'll add to the post here because this looks pretty interesting um, with Mayberry and Grover Gardner. Uh, is Grover Gardner the narrator?
0: Uh, no, it is uh, Tom Weiner.
3: All oh, right. Okay.
0: Yep. Anyway, oh. yeah, that one that one looks very good. Okay, we're running low on the stack here.
3: Good. Okay, here I got, we go. i got lots of new releases I want to talk about.
0: All right, cool. Um, this one came to us from somebody called the Abaton Radio Theater. It's um, Abaton Radio Theater presents two plays by Arch Obler. One's called Cat Wife and the other one's called Baby, featuring the ART players. Um, let's see. Cat Wife is the gripping horror story of a once-loving marriage gone wildly awry and Baby is a psychological drama exploring a young wife's confrontation with the possibility of motherhood and the certainty of world war. So Arch Obler wrote a lot of uh, radio drama in the 40s and 50s, I believe. He did. He was one of the popular authors of the time in that genre.
3: He, he made some movies too, I think. Oh, did he? Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. So yeah. check Should that out.
3: Should be a interesting. Huh? Is that two CDs you said?
0: Um, no, it's one. Okay. So there's so two two dramas. Yeah, episode. each drama is about uh, twenty six minutes. It looks like. Huh. So.
3: Yeah, that makes sense. I I, I don't think there was uh, much of a format for audio drama longer than half an hour
5: until mm-hmm.
3: until recently, like with the, that zombie series.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting to check out.
3: I could
4: use a radio jammer. I haven't <laughs> listened to one in a long time.
0: All right, cool.
4: There, you've just signed up for one.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh perfect. Okay, I've got uh, L. Ron Hubbard. Um, the title of this one is Greed. Uh, let's see. Once there had been a single government on Earth controlled by the Western races, but the long-oppressed people of Asia finally struck back with a cohesion projector. In an instant, the device established a solid, invisible wall of space, creating a dividing line between the superpowers, with the Asiatic Federation inside and the United Continents outside.
3: Yellow Peril! That's what this is. (laughs) Yellow Peril story.
0: Originally published in the April 1950 issue of Astounding Science Fiction. So this is another in their Golden Age Stories collection. Um, Those are sort of
3: quasi-audio dramas, because they have multiple... Readers,
0: mm-hmm.
3: or yeah. sound effects, or something. Right. It's kind of a very mixed. It's really hard to describe what whether it's a because I think it's a full text, but it's got sound effects and a narrator and also actors.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: So it's like graphic audio. A little bit like graphic audio, yeah. I think that's right. But graphic audio, they I think they dispense with bits of text, don't they? Yeah, just like stage directions.
4: They yeah, mm-hmm. like like if it says he laughs and then. The actor laughs, they don't have both they just have the guy laughing
3: okay, so uh, uh this uh, galaxy press they the golden age series they they keep the he laughed and then you hear the ha 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 that's, that's mm-hmm. redundant it is redundant um but I think the way L. Ron Hubbard wrote most of the time it doesn't it doesn't uh, it doesn't come up very often
0: mm-hmm. there's a lot
3: right of dialogue of I, don't, I don't think he does a lot of dialogue nobody laughs.
0: <laughs> <laughs> nobody laughed yep very cool
4: so is this where Dianetics came from
3: actually I was, reading, um, I was reading an astounding editorial by John W. Campbell and he said at last I can finally write this editorial about Dianetics and uh, he's talking about how it's a, it's a scientific uh, theory that could be tested and doesn't have to be true but you know you go out and test it for yourself and the book's in stores now and uh, okay. I guess that's the start of of the big religion
5: hmm. that the aliens it. came. <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, you don't find that out until later on in the program. Don't worry.
0: Spoiler, <laughs> <laughs> right.
3: so so your religion founded <laughs> <Yeah>. on aliens <laughs> being exploded in volcanoes.
0: <laughs> All right. Okay, um, now I've got uh, one by Kevin Hearn. Called Hexed. This is uh, one of the Iron Druid Chronicles.
3: That's the first one, isn't it? Is it? I think so, because I just, uh, I think I just posted about book two and three. There's Hexed, Hammered, and what was the other one? Mm hmm. It begins with H. Yeah, it does.
0: (laughs) Hunted, probably.
3: Uh, Hounded, I think.
0: Hounded, okay.
3: Hexed, Hounded, and Hammered.
0: Gotcha. Okay, well uh, quick, quick
3: actually sound really interesting.
0: Okay, quick description. Yeah. Atticus O'Sullivan, the last of the druids, doesn't care much for witches. Still he's about to make nice with a local coven by signing a mutually beneficial non aggression treaty when suddenly the witch population in modern day Tempe, Arizona quadruples overnight. And the new girls are not just bad, they're bad asses, with a dark history of the German side of World War II. With a fallen angel feasting on local high school students, a horde of Bacants blowing in from Vegas with their special brand of deadly decadence and a dangerously sexy Celtic goddess of fire vying for his attention, Atticus is having trouble scheduling the witch hunt. <laughs> but okay, a- this is book two. I, I thought okay. it was fun.
3: Okay. Alright, book
0: two. Um, aided by his magical sword, his neighbor's rocket-propelled grenade launcher, and his vampire attorney... Atticus is ready to sweep the town and show the witchy women they picked the wrong druid to Hex. That's yeah. that.
3: Witchy woman. <laughs>
5: so, uh,
3: it's getting pretty pretty positive reviews from what I was reading. I was doing the posts for uh, the, the two we've already received. I mean, maybe that's one of the ones you sent me a picture of that I haven't posted yet. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, that might be it. Have you got two books by Kevin Hearn?
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: Aha, uh-huh, okay. So, that's what it is. We're looking at the same, the same stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, sorry. I believe
4: Julie's reading it. I I saw on Goodreads. Oh really?
3: Okay. Yeah. Maybe she's oh. gonna review it. I don't know. Okay. The covers they they make it look like they're um you know like I don't know post Roman Britain or something, but it's set in Arizona.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, and I guess he's like a an Irishman or something, and he's got he's got a. Uh, a history in his family of being druids or whatever. and It's it's a urban fantasy, I think. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe it's maybe it's a bit like, a, what's that, a Rick Riordan series, you know? Where the, he's really the son of per, uh, Percy Jackson, right? Yeah,
0: yeah.
3: Oh, okay. The, the I think, yeah, it might be like, yeah, it might be more like an adult version of that. It's hammered where he starts to have some drinks and i I think that's (laughs) thor Mm -hmm. he gets in trouble with okay he'll be really (laughs) thory thor (laughs) that joke never dies okay
0: (laughs) nice okay i've got two more here well yeah actually yeah okay hold on um this one's got a mermaid on the cover called lost voices by sarah porter read by julia whelan 14-year-old um, Lucy has had a tough life, but she reaches the depths of despair when she is assaulted on the cliffs outside a grim Alaskan village. She expects to die when she falls into the icy waves below, but instead undergoes an astonishing transformation. She becomes a mermaid. A tribe of mermaid finds and welcomes Lucy in, all of them, like her, lost girls who surrendered their humanity in their darkest moments. Lucy is thrilled with her new life until she discovers the catch. Mermaids feel an uncontrollable desire to drown seafarers, using their enchanted voices to lure ships into the rocks. Lucy has an extraordinary singing talent, making her important to the tribe. She could even become their queen. However, her struggle to retain her humanity puts her at odds with her new friends. Will Lucy be pressured into committing mass murder? And that's the description.
3: Why why are there no uh, mer... Not mermaids, but no mer mer madam
2: men. Oh, you
5: know,
3: like they—they're always young, women oh. fish. There's no old women fish. <laughs> what there's no mer mer cougars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we've seen mermen in some stories, but they're, there's they're always mermaids, right? Not mer madams. <laughs> gotcha. That could be
4: a new end for someone to take advantage of.
3: There you go. <laughs> All right. Um, Goodreads has this uh, with 3.35 stars out of uh, five,
5: hmm.
3: with lots of, lots of reviewers and lots of ratings. 223 reviews. Holy crap.
0: Wow. yeah.
3: Is the mermaid the new vampire?: <laughs> 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 Well, you know, this, it's weird because this is not really just a mermaid. she's also a siren, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, really.
3: Um, so it's, a, it's some sort of blending of the two, maybe.
2: Yeah. It's
3: a mer siren. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds me more of uh, one of those zombie books where you know I am a zombie or something like that because she's doing things she doesn't want to do, or she's has transformed into something.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: I guess I guess we get that with vampires too. Somebody becomes like a, a werewolf, or yeah, becomes a werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Right. I guess that's right. Yeah, because normally you're you you're a mermaid and then you become a regular uh, land walking maid. <laughs>
5: <laughs> right.
3: go, the go, go the other way
0: Right Okay um, Now I've got a paper book here. <laughs> A paper book here In from Tor um, Out of the Waters By David Drake This is a fantasy novel um, It's called I don't know if this is book one But it uh, says the books of the elements on it Oh it says the second novel As I open it It says the second novel of the books of the elements um, the wealthy Governor Saxa of the great city of uh, Karshi Has generously and lavishly subsidized a theatrical religious event During this elaborate staging of Hercules founding a city on the shores of Lusitania Strange and dark magic turns the pano- panoply into a chilling event Hope I said that right This The sky darkens and the waves crash in the flooded arena a great creature rises from the sea, a huge, tentacled horror on snake legs. It devastates the constructed city, much to the delight of the crowd. A few in the audience, although not Saxa, understand that this was not mere stagecraft, but something much darker and more dangerous. If all signs being read right, this illusion could signify a dreadful and cataclysmic intrusion of supernatural powers into the real world. And that's so Lusitania that.
3: Lusitania is uh, the, the old name for Portugal part of Portugal it's a, um, the uh, S- Spain uh, sorry it was the Roman province of Lusitania so it's you know they had Spain as one province and and Lusitania was another mm-hmm. so. okay doesn't he
4: usually write a uh, military science fiction
2: David Drake yeah yeah
0: that sounds right to me yeah
5: I guess it yeah. also it looks
2: do? like the first book was about fire so maybe he's going to cover all the elements mm-hmm. in each book you go. Kind of a cool idea.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: And
3: then there'll you be the fifth element hydrogen. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The periodic
5: table. A you know, of there's a series. Yeah. Over a hundred dollars. a long series. <laughs> and,
3: some a <laughs> <laughs> and some of them only last a second.
0: I can't wait for the oxygen <laughs> at the end. volume.
3: That's uh, that's what I like about this series. It gets shorter as it goes on.
0: Einstein. <laughs> much the half life on this series. Einsteinian, <laughs> What number is that?
3: It's high up on there.
0: It's way up there.
3: Okay. But actually, Hydrogen would be the biggest book of them all, because that's what the universe is mostly made out of.
0: <laughs> all right. be a big book. Big book, yep. Okay, um, the last one I have here is a book called Dead End in Norvelt by Jack Gantos. This is from uh, Macmillan Audio, and um, I wasn't sure if this was science fiction or not, but let me read the description. Melding the entirely true and the wildly fictional... Dead End in Norvelt is a novel about an incredible two months for a kid named Jack Gantos whose plans for vacation excitement are shot down when he is grounded for life by his feuding parents and whose nose spews bad blood at every little shock he gets. But, every, but plenty of excitement and shocks are coming Jack's way once his mom loans him out to help a feisty old neighbor with a most unusual chore, typewriting obituaries filled with stories about the people who founded his utopian town. As one obituary leads to another, Jack is launched on a strange adventure involving molten wax, Eleanor Roosevelt, twisted promises, a homemade airplane, Girl Scout cookies, a man on a trike, a dancing plague, voices from the past, hell's angels, and possibly (laughs) murder. Endlessly surprising, the sly, sharp-edged narrative is the author at his very best, making readers laugh out loud at the most unexpected things in dead funny depiction of growing up in a slightly off-kilter place where the past is present, the present is confusing, and the future is completely up in the air.
3: Uh, is it read by the author?
0: Um, looking? Yes, it is.
3: It. Everybody's saying it's a really good narration. Cool. Yeah. Sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like... A- Pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, looks uh, like if a it's YA got murder, and it, it could be crime.
0: Uh huh.
1: So, put well, it down under the it, oral noir co- category. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> if it's not genre, it sounds like it would appeal to genre fans.
0: Yep. Uh huh. Sure does. Yep. Um. It says at Macmillan's site the the age range is ten to fourteen, so it's a YA book or a middle grade and it's book.
3: Semi autobiographical.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
3: Which means. Most of it's lies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some of it's true. <laughs> Half
0: true. Mm. Cool. Well, all right. Well, that's all I've got here, folks.
3: All right. Uh, okay. So uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have Matt on was because he wanted to tell me about a book that he was reading. And he's going to tell us about that right now.
1: Okay. Uh, the book is Super Gods. And this is by Grant Morrison. It's uh, basically a history of comic books um, with large autobiographical chunks mixed in uh, at the appropriate times. And Grant Morrison is a fantastic comic book writer. Uh, some people love some of his work, hate uh, some of his work. He's done um, uh, All-Star Superman, uh, is probably one of the most recognizable titles that he did. Uh, That's one. He, he, he's uh... just incredibly inventive and um, I, I like his stuff but he he hits all the basics in uh... comic book history that all comic book fans know about like you know the uh, golden age world war two you know seduction of the innocent silver age all of that but uh... it's his analysis of all of these things that puts this far and above any history that you've read it's just huh. it's it's absolutely wonderful and um I think it's is it John Lee who uh who yeah. reads it? He's yeah, and he's uh he's fantastic reading Grant Morrison's words, uh, because Grant Morrison likes to swear a lot and hearing John Lee swear in his proper <laughs> British accent is just wonderful. The the thing that made me fall in love with this book about an hour or so into it, when he's talking about uh Golden Age Batman, he talks about batman always involved with chemicals um from uh, you know bad guys gassing him or injecting him with things and stuff like that and he said that uh, the line was batman knew how to trip balls without seriously losing his shit and, and to hear john lee say that <laughs> it is just wonderful
5: no, i was hooked
1: there. from there on uh now now some people i i gave it uh Like the highest rating on uh, Goodreads. I know Jesse isn't a star guy, but at at any rate, I I absolutely loved the book. I couldn't wait to hear more of it, and I was sorry that uh, it wasn't even longer. But some people may be turned off by the autobiographical stuff uh, from Grant Morrison. I loved it. Um, He goes into some of his uh, more life-changing drug trips and things like that. Uh, Apparently,
3: he experimented with uh, cross-dressing.
1: He experimented with everything. Yeah, he, uh, very interesting. He had he had sort of a a, a very um, I, I don't know in his childhood he didn't uh, he didn't you know mess with drinking or drugs or anything like that. He was very straight laced. He messed with and, comics. And <laughs> at some at some point he uh, he said I have to you know I have to get out there and see the world and see what's going on. And he basically tried just about everything that wouldn't kill him.
3: Uh, that's, I think Voltaire said that, something like that. You should try everything once. Uh, oh, I think, uh, he, I think, he, I think uh, he said the, uh, there was like two exceptions. One of them was incest. I, think.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't speak as to whether Grant Morrison tried that. Uh, he didn't mention. Not that. in the book. Okay. <laughs> um, hey, we I,
3: can I make a checklist and have him check it off. I'm excited because yeah. I didn't realize this was an audiobook.
1: Oh I yeah, yeah. I didn't let yeah.
3: you talk. I, I said no. Save it for the
4: podcast. <laughs> but I would think the book would have a lot of pictures.
1: Well, it has some pictures, and there are. There's one uh, place in particular where he's referencing a picture that's in the book, and you can't see the picture, and you don't even know that there is a picture, and it's kind of confusing. Uh-huh. Um, uh, there's not a lot of pictures, but. uh yeah, uh, the the pictures do help to some degree, but only in that one spot. I think he's talking about a cover of um, uh, a Lois Lane comic book that's uh, confusing to the listener. Uh, other than that, it's fine.
3: I think uh, I think those Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen comic book covers were always confusing, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: it's, it's like audio books with so. pictures. And then, uh, well, we can just post it to the website. Yes, right sure. When Matt does his review for us without a star, <laughs> <laughs> but you know you can have those stars you can, you out. Can put on the essential logo. That's the highest rating we give. Oh, okay. And then uh, we can find the scan of the uh, the page in question and put it under the post.
1: That that looks like a really good book. It is. It is. I I had to take. Um, I had to take a long trip with my daughter, like three hours in the car, and she was reading, and it was driving me insane. I didn't want to disturb her by giving her, you know, by having the audio book playing, but it was driving me crazy that I couldn't listen to it.
3: <laughs> yeah, that sounds like, you know, when you've got a good
1: book is yeah. if if you're a hardcore comic book fan, uh, it's definitely for you. Cool.
0: Nice. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I read his uh, book uh, We Three.
4: That's a really good mm-hmm. uh, comic book. A very quick got read. A, yeah, has a lot of silent panels. Is that
3: Grant Morrison? Yeah,
4: Yeah. I guess I've read some Grant Morrison, then, And he's usually with this artist, Frank Whiteley, who's really good. Oh, yeah, he's fantastic. He also did uh, New X-Men. So those are some recommendations.
3: I am not much for the the superheroes just because... Right. uh, You know, I think there's something... uh, uh, There was a post recently, uh, I think it was on io9 or somewhere, saying uh, why DC was relaunching... And the dark, dirty secret was uh, nobody was reading. Uh, or the comic book uh, industry was doing badly because there's fewer and fewer sales every month. I guess like the magazine industry. But I don't, I don't think that's because there's fewer readers. I think it's because uh, more people are getting away from superheroes. And it's going to, more towards the independent comics. You know, not Marvel, not DC. Mm-hmm. Or if it is Marvel and DC, it's, it's Marvel and DC Max or Vertigo.
4: I don't even Constantly. know if people are going you to know. comic book stores that much anymore. Maybe they might just go to a bookstore and, and read it there.
3: Maybe it's hard for me to say. I go to the yeah. comic book store fairly often. Uh, so, you know, you, uh, you read comic? I don't. <laughs> you do?
2: I don't. No, I don't oh. even think we have a store in my town anymore. Our, oh. our game store closed. Our comic book store probably never existed. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: I should specify, though, that this book concentrates on superheroes, and it says that uh, like right in the subtitle. It, there's no bones about it. He doesn't go into westerns or romance or indie uh, stuff that's not superheroes.
3: It says uh, the subtitles, what masked vigilantes, miraculous mutants, and sun gods from Smallville can teach us about being human. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should read more of them, Jesse. Sun gods from <laughs> Smallville? I know my big problem with, with superheroes is is that nobody dies, right? And that they they the death is never Spider-Man just died. Yeah, but it's never permanent. <laughs> right? Captain America. Um, when when things are constant they come back. You know, recycled it's it's like it feels like it's pointless. Uh, when you make a character die, they should stay dead. Yeah, yeah when, you have, um, when
4: you have a series going for like 20 years, it's kind of hard to... Keep not 20
3: years, we're talking 60 years. Yeah, yeah.
1: Right? yeah. 70 years in the case of Superman. Right, but, you know... How he died? Uh, A lot. <laughs> Maybe but, you know, at, at this point, I don't think the publishers... Well, I don't think the publishers were ever worried about it, but um, I, I think they're concentrating on stories. Uh, you can't really have a continuity with a character that's 70 years old that's, you know, perpetually 29. It's true. But the the, the meta stuff,
3: right, the, the fact yeah. that I know these characters, I mean, when I pick up a new book, uh, like I've been reading Ed Brubaker's uh, Criminal series, and uh, I know it's a series, you know, it's a three-part uh, comic or something. I know that the, the main character is not going to die in the first book because there's two more books right but I don't know if he's gonna live at the end of the third book that makes me know it's gonna be you know there's there's some... When I... The George R. R. Martin effect Any, yeah. anybody can die. but uh, the, the fact that anybody can die and stay dead yeah. makes it a much more compelling read because um, when nothing is secure right then I'm more interested because then there's more options. When right. you say no, this is out. We're not <coughs> touching that. That's off the table, and this is off the table. And basically, everyone who isn't a name character in the story, those are the only people who can die. Mm-hmm. Then the story. Just becomes got the red less. shirt on Star Trek. <laughs> it, it becomes it becomes like saying something like, uh, "Who would win in a fight between Batman and Superman?" Well, the answer is um, doesn't matter <laughs> because no, they wouldn't fight, and if they did, they'd just come back to life anyway. <laughs> so that's that's what my problem with the the su- I, I don't have a problem with superhero stories if they're uh, you know not the canon stuff. You know, like um, I guess you you've been reading the boys, right? Yeah, I, Garth Ennis.
1: I've read right. a little bit
3: of it. So none of those superheroes. Uh, I mean, the, some of those superheroes get their uh, faces smashed in, and I think they're gone for good. Or if they're not gone for good, they come well, back as uh, n- n- revived zombies that are stupid. <laughs> because yeah, there there
1: are, there are a couple in. of there are a couple of zombies. There are plenty that that uh, stay dead, but of course they're not the main characters either.
3: And uh, but he's making fun of of the yeah. particular superhero continuity junk, right? Yeah, yeah. For the amount of superheroes in the world, how can we solve all these problems? You know, <laughs> wow. Uh, Garth Ennis' answer is well, the superheroes are the problem, right? So, um, I, I guess that's enough about superheroes. Mm-hmm. Jenny, what are you reading?
2: Um. Well, I'm in the middle of something that's not science fiction, so I won't talk about that. Well, talk about. It. <laughs> well, I'm listening to Ulysses right now. It's crazy. Wow. Which, which By, hmm. By James. By James Joyce. Oh, yeah. Just because I've never been able to get through it reading it in print, so I'm trying it that way. But I did just finish a really good dystopian novel. Um, Well, marginally good. (laughs) It was pretty good. It was on the Booker long list for the Man Booker Prize. It's called The Testament of Jesse Lamb. Never. If you guys have ever heard of that, it's um, by a British author, Jane Rogers. Uh, let's see, it's about these, the world is infected with a virus, so every human has it, and um, it doesn't do anything to you until a woman gets pregnant, and then she dies.
3: Hmm. So
2: basically, it's the end of humanity.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's, it's kind of like a prequel to The Children of Men or something like that. Yeah,
2: yeah, it kind of has that feel to it. But the whole book is the diary of this teenage girl um, who's decided to donate her body to science. Because they they don't really have an answer yet, but they're testing things with embryos, and they they create these uh, what they call sleeping beauties. Um, so basically, a girl decides to die in the chance that she might have a child. <laughs> so it's hmm. dark and depressing, just like I like. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it, it was pretty good, you know. It, it wasn't as good as like Margaret Atwood
3: or. Um, It sounds like it's in the tradition of the road where, you know, you get a regular mainstream author and they they say, I'm not writing science fiction, but really they're writing sort of literary science fiction.
2: Well, yeah, and I don't think they would call it science fiction. It's one of the literary side of things, but I kind of like that crossover. I like things that are well written that kind of have that bent to them anyway. So it's still Mm -hmm. pretty good. Like I gave it three out of five stars, but.
3: And that was on the, the booker. Book yeah, they, they announced a the long launch. list. Okay. Yeah.
2: And I don't think they announced a short list for another week or so. So I've been trying to read as many as I can. All right. That's uh,
3: that was an audio book, too, right? You said?
2: No, it's not out of audio yet. Oh. I, I looked,
3: but it just came Surprising. out. Surprising.
2: So, yeah.
3: Okay. i never heard of Jane Rogers before. Uh, I
2: haven't either, but it looks like she's been around for like 10 years. So I might go back and read some other things that she's written.
3: She's probably out of the UK, is why.
2: Yeah.
3: Okay. So, um, Scott, you, how, re- how is oh. uh, how is Ulysses
0: going on audio?
2: Oh well, <laughs> you know, even listening to it, I'm I'm reading all these companion books uh-huh. just to kind of understand what's going on because so much of it is tied to the Odyssey. Like every chapter is a parallel chapter to something from the Odyssey, hmm. which I'm not really that familiar with. I read it as you know when I was younger. Um, so the little companion books help.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: so much of it is stream of consciousness, though, so it's better in audio.
0: Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And the
2: narrator does a good job, and he has a fun accent, and I really like accents. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I hear that uh, it's supposed to take twenty four hours to read the, the 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 paper book. How long is the audiobook?
2: That's about that's about how long it is, and I'm listening to it at regular speed
5: mm-hmm.
2: um, because of the accent and because of how rambly it is. It's too hard to listen to any faster. In most audiobooks, I would listen at least one and a half speed, but I can't do it with that one. So I'm really going to dedicate that 24 hours to listening to it.
4: Yeah, I think you should just stay up all night and go through it in 24 hours.
0: Oh, man, I have <laughs> to.
5: <try it. laughs>
0: oh, yeah, somewhere uh, around hour 16, um, <clears throat> I'm sure you'll be seeing visions. Well, you
2: did it all at once. <laughs> the day. You know, it's written, it takes place all in the same day. So... Uh-huh. I guess a real fan would do that.
3: <laughs>
5: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not quite there yet.
3: <laughs> it says on the Wikipedia entry that uh, in 1982, RTE, that's Radio Ireland's national broadcaster, um, aired a full cast, unabridged, dramatized radio production that ran uninterrupted for 29 hours, 45 minutes.
2: Oh, I wonder if that exists anywhere. That would It's be really-
3: available on CD and <laughs> MP3. <laughs>
2: Wow, that's a I, great idea! Can you imagine
3: <laughs> listening to the radio for twenty nine hours and forty five minutes? You go to bed, you wake up, and the same story.
2: Well, I don't know. I, I know people that did movie marathons for, like, you know, Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. So. 24. Twenty four.
3: <laughs> that's that's only about nine hours, though. <laughs> 29 twenty nine hours is more. than what, a Watch a season of twenty
0: four. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Twenty four hours. <laughs> that,
3: that's only about sixteen hours, taking out the commercials. That's true. <laughs> Get to watch the commercials.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh, huh.
0: funny. Yep.
3: Scott, what are you reading?
0: Um, Beyond This Horizon by Robert A. Heinlein for next oh, week. Yeah. Yeah.
3: How how do you find it?
0: Um, so far interesting. They're talking economics.
3: Yeah, he likes he likes
0: talking <laughs> economics. So yeah, I don't know. So I, far, I you know, it's okay. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too Town far guy, into it. I
3: started to. Okay, and you finding the uh, economics lectures are interesting?
0: <laughs>
3: I like the duels. The
4: gun
1: duels. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Over economic points? <laughs> <laughs> what else are we going to duel about?
5: <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah.
3: You know, it's a Heinlein novel, so they're all sleeping with the same woman, right? We're so they're, they're not going to be duel their about sister. that. That's, uh, well, <laughs> and one and their grandmother, because, right. you know, it's Heinlein. So.
4: Or themselves.
0: Right.
3: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. One I'm eager yeah, it to get very to sociological, is, uh, sociological. Do you guys know there's an audio version of the Quantum Thief? You know, and I don't know how to pronounce this fellow's last name. I, I read it's, like it's, half of that. Have you? It's
1: Hanu Ryaniemi.
0: Okay, that's it. Yeah. And um, Macmillan's put out an audio version. It's exclusive to Audible and read by Scott Brick. It's about 11 hours long and. That's one of the ones that I really want to get to.
1: I, I read the book. It's uh-huh. one of the best books I've read this year.
0: No kidding, that's great. Okay, cool. It, so. it,
1: the it you you might have a little trouble with. Um, he uses a lot of terms that don't seem to have uh, Latin or English roots. You know, like a lot of neologisms, mm-hmm. and he's Finnish, um, and that confused me. I couldn't really get a grip on what some of these things were, even though the words kept coming up again and again. But I, wonder, I mean, I you yeah. know. I wonder how there that a, would work you on It takes long enough that I can get past that. Sure. There is a Wikipedia article about all the terms.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I know um you know when I'm reading a book that has a lot of those terms on it, sometimes I don't even pronounce them in my head, you know? Mm-hmm. You yeah, just you like just whenever write, you see oh, that, you word, that word, you, you know what it is. Yeah. I, <laughs> I wonder think, I think if, a lot of
3: writers write that way. They say don't yeah. worry, they'll know. They'll know to skip this part. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah.
2: That's why I really want to listen to the audio of The Dervish House, too, which oh. I think it just came out last week. Yeah,
1: oh, I've cool. I started that. It's good.
2: That's yeah, because cool. I've read it, but I didn't know how to pronounce half the stuff. <laughs>
3: <laughs> is that the same author?
1: No. no. it's
0: Mcdonald
3: oh.
2: Just a lot of Turkish words in that one, so it's kind of similar.
3: Uh, the Quantum Thief, apparently the, the protagonist is modeled after Arsene Lupin. Arsene Lupin, you know, the uh, uh, French... Uh, thief detective character, no.
1: Hmm. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, he, he's he's yeah. he's pretty popular. He's pretty popular. Um, I guess not in North America, but uh, uh I, I've heard of him. Yeah. I I don't know how to pronounce his name. Oh, The
0: Dervish House is read by Jonathan Davis. That's great. He's one of the best. Oh, yeah. He's terrific. Yeah.
1: Yeah, You know, one thing kind of bothers me about his narration. He's Uh a great uh, reader. I just wish he would would do a little more with the voices so I could distinguish one speaker from another. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because of all the foreign names, uh, they get kind of jumbled up because these are all names that I'm unfamiliar with. And it's hard to keep track of who's who.
0: I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. the
2: book itself is so amazing though I just I would like to hear it read to me
0: because
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the writing is really good
0: oh cool yeah it is yeah. need to put that on my Was list is it Nominee for a Hugo or something?
2: yeah that's why I first read it I hadn't read anything by Ian MacDonald before but he didn't mm-hmm. win I wish he had won
4: mm-hmm. I heard there's a
3: problem with the Kindle version there's a lot of foreign characters oh, it's In
2: terrible it's terrible
3: it's the only way mm-hmm. you can win uh, Hugo is to Change your name to Connie Willis. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's a good strategy. It is.
3: Hmm. All right. Yeah. Um, so why don't we have a look at the new releases? Um, and if you see something that strikes you that you say, hey, that sounds really interesting, uh, we can, we can uh, talk about it. So um, I've sent a list of, of links here to the different, uh, if you can see in the chat window there. Uh, to the different publishers. First one on the list is Blackstone. You guys see that? Yep. I, I already looked through it. And did you spot something interesting? Well, that, they have Ray Bradbury, The Halloween Tree. By yeah.
0: Bradson oh, cool. I love and that. I love that choker. animated movie. Have you guys seen the animated movie? No. I love that movie. Um, Leonard Nimoy is uh, one of the voices, and it's got a bunch of kids. I, I think it's it's probably. Um, one of the very few, you know, every now and then you you have a movie that's most movies that are done from authors' works don't quite capture that author, you know, like Stephen King movies almost always are never very Stephen Kingish, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I mean? But yep. uh the Halloween Tree is Bradbury through and through. The the movie loved it. We watch it almost every well, year.
3: Well, it sounds like you should get that audiobook.
0: Yeah. Yep.
3: Yeah, Bronson Pinchot is a narrator. Oh, yeah, that's he's cool. really good.
0: Yeah, he is good.
2: Sometimes I get books just because he's reading them. Mm-hmm. I don't even care if I know them.
0: <laughs> he, he does
3: really good readings. It's, uh, yeah. and, and he's sort of a chameleon, too, because um, you know, when he's not doing his Bronson Pinchot narrator voice, he's the other characters. And yeah. if the book is well, you know not very dialogue-heavy, you just say, oh, it's just Bronson Pinchot. But then if it's dialogue-heavy, you say... Well, I don't know who this guy
5: is.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: it's pretty funny if you only think of him as Balky. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> he's a
3: good Or in uh,
4: the Eddie Murphy movie. <laughs> he was oh, yeah. some kind of a gay uh, guy in a store.
0: Yeah. That's how I think of him. <laughs> Beverly Hills Cop, that was it. Right, right. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's um, great.
3: There's a Heinlein novel or oh. novelette on here. Um, the Unpleasant Profession of Jonathan Hogue. And I've read it, but I don't remember it at all. Um, and from the description, it it was um, it sounds really interesting. It sounds like sort of like Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, it's only four CDs, because usually it's bundled with a bunch of short stories when it's in paper. Um, and it says, uh, Jonathan Hogue has a curious problem. Every evening he finds a mysterious reddish substance under his fingernails, with no memory of how it got there. Jonathan hires the husband and wife detective team of Ted and Cynthia Randall to follow him during the day and find out. But Ted and Cynthia find themselves instantly out of of their depth. Jonathan leaves no fingerprints. His few memories about his his profession turn out to be false. Even stranger, Ted and Cynthia's own memories of what happens during their investigation don't match. There's a 13th floor on Jonathan's building that does not exist. There are mysterious and threatening beings inside, living inside mirrors, and all of reality is not what they thought it was. Part supernatural thriller, part noir detective story. Heinlein's trip down the rabbit hole leaves you where you never expected. I, I know what's under his fingernails.
4: <laughs> <Fred
3: Hatter.
5: laughs>
4: Thank you. Thank you. I'm just kidding.
5: <laughs> I
3: right, got it. I right, got it. <laughs>
4: Yeah, you know what I was gonna say before I said it. I thought you were gonna say
3: blood. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Red matter is not good, though. No, that's <laughs> um, and hardwired. Have you guys heard of this book from Walter John Williams? Oh, I know the author. I've never read any of his stuff, but um, this is this is, I guess, one of those cyberpunk books, right? Uh, with cyborgs and implants and all that. Sort of stuff. Virtual reality. Uh, yeah, but it's from the 80s, I think. And so it's, it's, it's the, the legit stuff. Uh, cool. Classic cyberpunk. Uh, the remnants of a war-ravaged America endure in scattered, heavily-armed colonies where wealthy orbital corporations now control the world. Cowboy, an ex-fighter pilot who's become hardwired via skull sockets directly into... His lethal electronic hardware is now a Panzer boy, a high-tech smuggler riding armored hover tanks through the Balkanized countryside. He teams up with Sarah, an equally cyber, cyberized gun-for-hire to make the last stab at independence from the rapacious orbitals. Together they gather an unlikely gang of misfits for a ride that will take them to the edge of the atmosphere. I remember hearing really good things about this back uh, in the early 90s, I think cool
4: uh, i think i started his latest one but never finished it uh, he's never
1: to
4: write mostly, it, stuff yeah, he seems to write like mostly cyberpunk slash virtual reality type books
1: he's yeah he's done um singularity stuff too right huh mm-hmm. okay
3: anything else on the blackstone list straight Black. i noticed nancy Kress's beggars
4: in spain I, i'm surprised that hasn't been done yet
3: i thought it was Maybe, maybe... I saw it
4: under new releases.
3: Yeah. No, I thought it had been done before, but... Right. You're right.
4: I think it's where people are engineered not to ever sleep, and somehow that
3: impacts society. And I think it's an expansion of a short story, isn't it? Probably. Yeah, I think so. Have you read it, uh, Jenny?
2: No. I was distracted by looking at the Ghost in the Wires one. I know it's not... Yeah, me too. It's not quite science fiction; it's nonfiction, but I don't oh, know. It's like a the master modern hacker. day. And yeah.
3: The Kevin Mitnick book. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, really I've been interested him, that he's one. on all sorts of podcasts.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was
3: on Tri- Triangulation. I, I stayed up till two a.m. watching that.
5: Um,
3: I listened to it yesterday. I didn't have to stay up watching it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, do you find that the video uh, feed on those podcasts is more interesting?
4: Yeah, well, what I do is I just turn on uh, live.twit.tv, and whatever's on, I just watch it. And mm-hmm. to happen to be on at, like, one in the morning, and uh, they kept me up. <clears throat> I mean, it's crazy. He, uh, he was in jail for, like, four years just waiting for his trial. Like, the, the government really hated him by the time they, they caught up to him. And he did some, all kinds of amazing hacks with, like, phones and all different technology. He he started out uh, making, like, fake bus passes when he was a kid, and mm-hmm. worked up from there
3: really a uh, really super smart guy who's really interested and they they should have just hired him instead of uh yeah
2: yeah that would have been smart
3: mm-hmm. well well that's what he does now he, he, does he can't you do can. that right he, <laughs> he can't make the smart decision we will waste millions of dollars chasing him but we won't spend a dollar to employ him <laughs> oh well, well fi- finally
4: he's employed now I mean he he never was out to uh, write malware or steal anything he, he just kind of loved uh learning
3: yeah
2: it was because he could
3: <laughs> no it's because he he was really interested in in um in understanding things and that's how we all are right we're born as little scientists and then uh we're told not to do all sorts of different things and and some of those things we probably shouldn't be doing but a lot of them are what our brains are designed to do so he's he's just like a he had a little bit stronger in the terms of uh he wouldn't listen to other people. Yeah, he would
4: never back down. Even, like, in jail, he would make uh, click calls right in front of the guard and uh, they never <laughs> figured out how he did it.
3: All <laughs> right. Let's let's uh, let's head on over to Audible. That's got a, a chunk of new releases. You got, mm-hmm. you got the link there? And I see um, a bunch of stuff that was pretty interesting and new. That uh, Dream Park book is new? You that said? Dream Park book is brand new, I do believe.
4: That's in the second week.
3: Okay. And, and uh, uh, Ready books. Player One, everybody's talking about
2: that. Oh, okay. yeah, that's definitely on the list.
3: <laughs> one that's not on... Yeah, everybody's talking about that book, and they're all giving it positive reviews. Mm-hmm. Although I think I saw one that said uh, just nostalgia. I think
4: hmm. Yeah, I think you have to be living through the 80s to really enjoy
3: it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that makes me... Uh, I think that scares me. Because I don't oh. want a book that's just nostalgia. I don't think.
4: Patrick Rothfuss said it was effing awesome.
3: <laughs> on Goodreads. Could be. Could be. Um, uh, there's one that's not on the list there, but uh, it's because it's, it's not in the um, right, right section, but it's Return to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. A oh. sequel to 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. I didn't um, know
0: Jules Verne was still alive. <laughs> i amazing. by, Steve by
3: Barbo and Steve Skidmore, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "What? I do- Okay, I guess you could return to Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea." Mm-hmm. Strange. <laughs> Steampunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's see what
4: else. Uh, I'm trying to get Jenny to read Stand on Sansibar so that I can understand it. That's in a week three. <laughs> oh, is she going to be your interpreter?
2: I'll try. <laughs> it's
4: a new wavy book. It's some kind of a weird format where it switches between a whole bunch of different people. It tries to give you like, a feeling of information overload. I'm surprised they made an audiobook out of it. I mean, it's kudos
3: to them for doing it.
2: Hmm. Yeah, it might be actually fun to hear.
3: Scott, wasn't that... Uh, weren't we offered that digitally?
0: Well, no. I, I was speaking to the Macmillan folks, and they, they didn't say anything about that book specifically. They just asked if we would accept digital submissions because... In a conversation I was having, I said, "Well, your best science fiction is being released uh, to Audible only." Mm -hmm. So, um, anyway, that's what she said. She said, "Well, maybe we can um, submit stuff to you digitally." And I said, "Sure, that would be great." And then, um, but she never sent anything specific.
3: Okay. Well, if you you wanted, I'm sure I can request request it for stands on Zens. Sure, I can. Yeah, that'd be great.
0: Okay, we'll do. Supposed to be
3: a classic. Yeah. That is a classic. I, I don't know if it's a good classic, but it's, it's one that people talk about as being a classic,
5: definitely. All
3: right. New Wave. <laughs> yeah, which means new actually wave. it's quite an old wave because it's from the 60s right. or something. The, the old new wave. The old new wave. The, the, the <laughs> really old wave. <laughs>
4: when I was a kid, I read some uh, interview with Harlan Ellison,
5: mm-hmm. and
4: basically every author he mentioned I bought, but then I never read them. <laughs> <laughs> but this, this is one of the books he mentioned.
3: Yeah, i've i've never I've never seen one uh, physically
4: uh, held a copy. They just reprinted it. It's in print now too. Uh
3: Ah, okay. Well, I'm. Here's part of the problem with the Audible's new release system. They they don't have a category for for paranormal romance or. Yeah, I filtered out. Yeah, because I mean, uh, there's so many here that are maybe maybe just. You know how if you if you're really good at Google, you can uh, tweak it so that you can remove things from the listings. I want I want to be able to remove vampire and zombie. Mm-hmm. You know, hmm. minus shirtless man. Both
5: yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> minus tattoo, minus vampire, um, zombie, <laughs> minus zombie. Um, but on the first week here, it, there's a Robert Silverberg novel that I've never read but heard things about Downward to Earth, mm-hmm. uh, and that's read by Bronson Pinchot as well. And Busy man. It's uh, from 1969, so it's an old, old novel, but uh, it sounds interesting. A lone man must make a journey across a once-colonized alien planet abandoned by my- mankind when it was discovered that the species they were actually... <laughs> discovered that the species they were actually sent- sentient. That sentence doesn't make any sense. Okay, next one. <laughs> next sentence. Hopefully this will work. Gunderson <laughs> returns to Holman's world, seeking atonement for his harsh year as a colonial governor. But now on this lush, exotic planet of mystery... Uh, that sentence doesn't make any sense either. The copy editing's terrible. <laughs> next sentence. This is Silverberg's most intense novel and draws heavily on a heart of darkness. It puts listeners at the heart of the experience and forces them to ask... What they would do in the same circumstances, um, the book sounds good from other places I've read about it. Um, but I, the, those two sentences aren't aren't any good. Blends it misses.
2: Kind of sounds like Fuzzy Nation to me.
3: Uh yeah, well, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But I think it's more like uh, instead of little cats, they're like uh, actually, yeah. There's a link to Fuzzy Nation right there. But um, instead of cats, I think it's like. Uh, Elephants, or something like that—giant, you Gosh. know, giant fuzzy elephants. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, giant fuzzy. <laughs> you know, like *Heart of Darkness*. If you've read *Heart of Darkness*, you a novella, mm-hmm. um, it's a wonderful novella. It's about the horror of what they're doing to Africa, and mostly that's the people, but it's also the elephants, right? They're they're sure. in there to take the ivory, and imagine you know you go to Africa and there are no people. So you're just exploiting the animals, but then it turns out the animals are people, right? And <laughs> I think that's the idea. And Silverberg's uh, prolific, but he's also a good writer. You know, I've never read any Silverberg novel. Really? Seriously? Uh, I have yeah, I've, I've heard the name.
2: But I think I might listen to that one because of the narrator.
3: <laughs> yeah, Robinson Pinchot's <laughs> terrific. And it's only uh, seven hours, nine minutes.
2: Oh, that's not too bad.
3: Yeah. Get away with that, no problem. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's from Blackstone, so it's probably going to be out soon. On uh, hopefully they'll fix the copy editing. Yeah, that's I. I can't believe they let that slip through. Oh wow! it
2: oh, it's uh, on Audible already. It's it was released on the twenty second.
3: Yeah, but I don't know if it's out on hard copy yet. From uh, oh, I see. Oh, okay, so. I, I'll just check and see what they've got on their August thing. I know Scott needs to leave pretty soon, but I want to keep him on the while. Li- yeah. Oh, so. Uh, Ghost in the Wires is from Audible as well uh, sorry from Blackstone as well read by Ray Porter. Mhm. And
4: hmm. I-, I have two I have two books I can mention. Sure. Uh, Jenny you might like this uh, Germline by TC McCarthy. It's it's from uh July in Audible. But uh, sure. it's really it's really depressing. There's all kinds of people. It's like a war movie war book people are dying left and right there's like weird genetically made female soldiers and I'm getting into it it's like really uh, character driven at least for <laughs> the, the narrator and it, the, he wrote a uh, big idea on dot whatever.scalzi.com's website and that's what uh, brought it to my attention
3: oh was that one you sent me the other day yeah probably yeah uh, he sounded pretty interesting he uh, inter- led an interesting life I think Yeah, yeah. Dramatic Life.
4: And I'm reading uh, Peter F. Hamilton's Mendel Files, which is a reprint of his original three, uh, I guess, detective science fiction books. But Hmm. it's it's not on audio. I I think it's going to be several months until it comes out on audio. But the print version's in the bookstore.
3: So um, it looks like Downward to Earth's coming in September uh, from Blackstone on CD. And lots of other cool stuff uh, in December as well. Oh, sorry, September. Beggars and Choosers by Nancy Cress. I think that's a sequel to Beggars in Spain. Mm-hmm. I think. And probably right. Yeah, uh, and there was one other one here that looked really interesting. Noir by Richard Matheson. Okay. Which sounds pretty damn cool. It's, it's three novels of suspense. Hmm. They're really they're bringing out every Matheson thing they can. And and speaking of which, um, there's also this book called Steel and Other Stories. And if you've seen, um, there's a trailer out recently for a novel called Real, uh, a movie called Real Steel, uh, which is a, um, I guess, fighting robots movie. Is that written by Richard Matheson? Yeah, it's based on this story called Steel from the 1950s and uh, there was a, I think uh, an episode of The Twilight Zone which I, I, another one I I don't remember having seen uh, it's basically about a guy who, he, he's a boxer and then the boxing industry goes away because it's replaced by robot boxers
4: Oh, I think I saw that
3: Yeah, the trailer makes it look like it's going to be a big Hollywood blockbuster but I think, uh if you want to get the story in before you get the story ruined by the movie, this is a, <laughs> probably a good idea. I think the Twilight episode, episode was uh, heart-wrenching. <laughs> that, that'd be my guess, too. Mm-hmm. We don't get a lot of heart-wrenching in movies lately, do we?
4: No, it's all big explosions. <laughs> no, <heart> wrenching <laughs> <laughs> Transformer-wrenching. Yeah, exactly.
2: I don't know. The last movie I went to, people were sobbing. That was enough for me.
3: What was that? What movie was oh, that? the last
2: Harry Potter movie. Uh, oh. but, I mean, people were, they were, yeah, you could hear them. Oh, I think they're
3: all kids though, right? No,
2: no. Grown women.
3: What? Oh, because they're not going to get to see the, the young, sexy boy anymore. Oh, no. The handsome Harry Potter?
1: huh. <laughs> Really? I can understand that. I mean, a series that long, you know, right. they they become like family members to you, and then it's it's over, and you're not going to die. Away. Though he
3: went on. Yeah, to happen, I know, but play. still, it
1: just goes away.
3: Oh, uh, I almost fell asleep. I, I was forced <laughs> to go see that movie, and I almost fell asleep.
2: Oh, it was good. I just didn't feel the need to sob in public.
3: <laughs>
5: Maybe the
3: 3D helps 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 bring the emotion out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see the 3D version. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Any uh, closing thoughts? Because I know Scott needs to take off. Well, I'm interested in Wheat Belly on um, Blackstone. Wheat That's belly. just a diet book. <laughs> We're eating too much wheat, I think. Well, why don't you just stop eating wheat instead of reading a book about stop eating?
4: Yeah, I'll, I'll just uh, page through it and see if there's anything I don't know. and then try, <laughs> I'm going to try that experiment. I'll try All right. giving up wheat for a week. Oh, is that is that the idea? You give up wheat for a week and and what it does it that do
5: different.
4: for you? Uh, lose weight and get healthier. I hope. Oh, okay.
2: Oh, so you probably don't want my recipe for gluten free brownies. it <laughs> <laughs> <But, laughs> to be the perfect.
3: But it has no wheat. I'll, I'll take uh, it.
2: Yeah, no wheat.
3: <laughs> Just a lot. Of, uh, are they making audiobooks about like self help audiobooks now? Is that sort of the one thing that's. Really yeah, not been in on the new releases haven't
1: it's, they always had that
3: I, I maybe they have, but i don't think I don't think they've done it just because it's sort uh, of very very short you know it's like uh there's some it's like an industry whereas... Like, like a yeah i mean i don't, well, I don't remember know, they made anything. audio
2: out of eckhart' toll and everything didn't they
3: uh, I think what? that's the same
2: category the eckhart toll like the new earth or I don't, I, I, I don't
1: know what you're talking about. What is that? You lead a sheltered life, Jesse. <laughs> I do. What? What is that? <laughs> it's it's a sort of self improvement, oh, new agey kind right, of Jesus. thing that yeah. uh, that Oprah got behind and, and oh, and it must be good. Uh, okay. <laughs> I was just
3: trying to understand what the word. Uh, it's a person's name.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah Eckhart Tolle. T o
3: l l e. Yeah. So here's Look here's my Maybe problem we'll with all of that. Is is the so word healthy? Should, Healthy is a is a is a bag word, right? It's a word that doesn't mean anything except what you put in it, and then what you take out of it. It's it, it's a such a it's one of those words that if you were Bertrand Russell, you would just not use that word because you don't know what it means. It means different things to every different person. So that's uh, I don't know. Is it is is he a scientist? And what experiments has he done? Is my question. <laughs>